Okay, testing one, two, three. This is Modern Art is Rubbish, hey. episode number 103, take one. All right, Tom. Yeah, it's always take one, isn't it? Yeah, you know me, I always go, oh my God, oh, I have forgotten how to speak because I'm suddenly in front of the microphone. Well, it's not going to happen today. Take two. <laughs> yeah, so Tom. Right, imagine, right, well, I'm going to put you in a dilemma straight away, right? Okay. Imagine, I'm now, I'm just checking my phone to make sure it's off as well, yep. Okay, I'm taking one P out of my pocket, right? So it's one P, right? What would you say if I was about to deface it? Breaking the law, technically. Well, it is technically, not technically, it's literally is breaking the law. Well, now I know that, I'm saying, do it! <laughs> oh, no. See, I thought you might be shocked, because it's one P, and I was going to deface it. All right, no, you might need that. Yeah. Yeah. So, imagine, imagine if you destroyed a million quid. Oh, wasn't there like a band who did that, yeah. KLF? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about today, and we're talking about destroying, getting rid of money, Getting rid of value. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be the whole thing. So we're going to be going on a journey with uh, people like Yves Klein. Yeah. The blue blue man. Not the blue man. Not from the blue man group, but the man who likes blue. Yeah. International Yves Klein blue, to be exact. We talked about him in an episode previously, didn't we? Bit of Banksy, of course, where we would be about Banksy. And Chris Burden. Chris Burden, yeah. Chris Burden, our friend who likes to get shot. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's not our friend, but he did an art piece, didn't he? He's one of our favourites, though, on the show, isn't he, Chris Burden? Yeah, no, he's a friend of the show, Chris Burden. Yeah, he's dead, but he can be a spiritual. Is he dead? Yeah. I'm not surprised he's dead, now you mention it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he didn't die from being shot, though. <laughs> so, on to the first one. The K Foundation. Now, the K Foundation, now, uh, the... Uh, they had lots of names, didn't they? They like KLF Communication or Justified Ancients of Moomoo, J-A-M-S. And they were a British art collective because they kind of, to just say they were just a pop band is very limiting. They're musicians and they were very uh, experimental. It was all about, I think they were just a big thing, a big thing. I don't know how else to describe them. They're very unique. Yeah. But um, they were founded in the late 80s by uh, Bill Drummond and Jim Corty, and they're British, and they founded the group. And some of the hits include What Time Is Love? I always wonder what time love is. It's every, all the time, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Then what was the other one? 3AM Eternal and stuff, bands like that. And then they went on to do lots of artistic things. Now, they made a bit of money. They were famous also for, uh, they put up some money for the Turner Prize, for the worst prize. It was like about 20 grand. They put up uh, when the, the British Art Prize, the Turner Prize, they gave Ra- Rachel Whiteread the worst prize of the year as well. She won the Turner Prize that year. And they gave her like, I think it was about £20,000. So they've done stunts involving money before. Okay, yeah. So what they gave her the money, because... Saying that her work was bad. Yes. Uh, well, it was kind of like I think it. I, I, my reading into it, so I don't think they thought the were they did give it for the worst uh, uh, art prize of the year. It was kind of like that, but I don't. I think it was more ironic. It was more like, and I as sort of like to highlight people's misunderstanding of art. That's a, that's my sympathetic view of it. Yeah. 
but basically, uh, Rachel Whiteread's really good. She's the one who uh, creates well, casts of. She, she got nominated, yeah, which is quite yeah. an achievement, isn't yeah. it? She got nominated for both, and uh, she she famously uh, made. We'll probably do a show on her. Actually, uh, she might famously did uh, casts of empty spaces, like so. She would do a, a cast of the space in between bookshelves, not the actual book, not the actual shelves, but the space in between. She famously also did a cast of a whole house filled it up with like a kind of like a plaster concrete or just the volume of space in between bookshelves yes or the voice yes so she 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 makes casts of the volume of the space so it she'll take a room and fill it out with with a kind of resin or a i don't know plaster of paris and then what she'll do is she'll get rid of the room and she'll what is left is just the the actual sculpture she did one of a whole house so she basically filled up her house and then made a cast of the space inside the house and knocked down the outside of the house. So all was lame was left was the space. Oh wow! Yeah. So she actually knocked down her house for that bit of art. Yeah, I think it was the house that was going to go directly like it wasn't a. Uh, yeah. It wasn't just a, a random house that she. So bought. like it was being destroyed, and she used the destruction as part of her art piece. Yes, and then that art piece was destroyed sadly. Oh, what by KLF? No, I don't, th- I don't think KLF did had any job on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, basically, they did, in 1994, they did this uh, performance piece called K Foundation Burn a Million Quid. And it took place on a remote island in Scotland in a place called Jura. And... Uh, it basically involved them burning one million British pounds in sterling cash. So they shoved it in a fire. But what was interesting, I found, was the fact that they tried to do stunts with money before, which didn't involve burning. Yeah. So the problem is, is that they said that when they got the million pound out of the bank, the insurance is so high on that, that these art people, when they tried to get it just displayed in galleries, lots of uh, galleries just didn't want to touch it. Because it's very expensive. It costs £7,000 for three days to insure a million pounds in cash when they got out from NatWest. I don't know why I said NatWest, but that's with the bank who did it. Yeah. Yeah, so um, so, they, so they tried to exhibit in various places, but people didn't want to uh, know about it. And uh, they had one scheme where they went to Tate and they said, look, you know, can you nail it to the wall? And they said to the, as a sort of like a cave foundation, bequest to the nation. And the condition was the gallery must agree to display the piece for 10 years. And Tate said, no, it's probably because yeah. insurance again, because people want to nick it. Yeah, I mean, the insurance quote's an art piece in itself, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's kind of like the whole thing. So, and then, um, so they tried various stuff. So in the end, they thought, okay, maybe they should just burn it. So they thought about doing it publicly, but then they thought that would lessen the impact of it because if it was public, everyone would be going, oh, it's a publicity stunt. You're just doing it to make yourself more famous, more famous. So so they didn't make a big spectacle of it, like get all the photographers and all the press around and invite the public. Yeah, who wants to be famous? <laughs> <laughs> so not, they... not a band like the KLF. <laughs> So basically, they they filmed it, and they did a um, they they got someone to film it. Now I think their intention was because they 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 changed their story about why they did it and what what happened because people want to know why did you do it why did you do it, 
And uh, in the end, they realised that any answer they came up with wouldn't be good enough. So they prefer uh, for people to take from it whatever they want, whether it be, you know, they obviously didn't do this or two, it's a terrible thing or whatever. So what they did was they filmed it and then they expected the film not to be put out into public, I don't know, or to be kept, but not to be released, the filming of them actually burning these uh, million pounds in a fireplace but in the end, it was released, and of course, it... was it released after the after the internet became a thing? Because this was pre-internet, wasn't it? Yeah, it was about nineteen ninety-five when it was becoming public knowledge. So, so it was it was about a year a year later. Yeah, and the thing is, is that again, when you look at it, so the the film Isn't is the, the story art. about it that it was their advance when they signed to a record label i've heard there's various stories but the one thing i did find out was they they were interviewed on a, on a show and they said you know you must have uh, the the interview asked them and said you know you must have millions when you did it and he said no he said we that was pretty much what we had in cash he said we well, look we've got houses we've got jobs you know we we, we have income to support it but you know and we've got a house that we've paid for, so it's not like we're destitute, but we we didn't have much more than this million quid. Well, poor guys. <laughs> <laughs> house with no mortgage. So, but they weren't, they're not saying, you know, like, but apparently one of them, one, I don't know which, which one it was, but one of them's wife said, you've got to do it. And they did have these debates about what happens if their kids get ill and, uh, you know, in the future they need the money. And they said they, that it goes... All different reasons go through their heads all the time. But I like it because when you look at it, it does raise questions. You think, oh, he could be giving it to charity. But then you think, well, if they spend it on a swimming pool and a car, you wouldn't be thinking, oh, you could have given that to charity. So it kind of makes you look into the nature of what it is. You know, what is all this money? What does it represent? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Quite a lot of it apparently went up the chimney as well. All right, yeah. Yeah. Well, the swimming pool. No. (laughs) The money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that was the K Foundation. Now, interestingly enough, they weren't the first people to sort of uh, burn and dispose of money or dispose of stuff of value. Yeah. No, it's how I've loosely linked it because I thought, oh, there must have been other rights. Well, that goes on all the time. We we've mentioned fires on this show with the uh, who was the art dealer who did that fire? Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> the art dealer that didn't do the fire, Charles Sarch's work got his his studio his, his storage warehouse with a lot of his works went up in flames. Oh right, and yeah. he did not do that, and that is the official absolute line. And I don't know why you keep. Well, no, why well, you don't. You don't keep talking about it, do you? I'm talking about it now. Yeah, yeah. No, nothing happened. Yeah, it was it was people broke in. So, Sarchi. It was not Sarchi, 100%. <laughs> Absolutely was not. It was robbers. And I don't know if they actually caught them, though. Okay, but there must be more fires than that we've mentioned on Modern Art is Rubbish. Yes, we did. Peter Pavlenska, the artist, or Peter Pavlenska, the Russian artist who set a light to the front door of a bank. Oh, right. Uh, the Royal Bank of England. Yeah, it was a bank in France, which they'd given him... I think he actually has refugee status, which wasn't really a good idea he to... He set fire to the, the door of the bank? Yeah. So kind of like taking on the establishment, isn't it? Oh, right, yeah. Is that art? Was that art? 
Yeah, it was. We talked about it on another yeah. pod, yeah. So, I, well, I mean, I think it is. I wouldn't officially modernise rubbish to say, <laughs> do not set a light to stuff. Oh, okay. Well, no. nothing. 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 <laughs> <laughs> nothing, which is interesting enough. How did you know that that would lead into our next work. Are you talking about the Big Bang? Have you been looking at my notes? The Big Bang was a big explosion from nothing, That wasn't was a it? big explosion from nothing, but also we're going to talk about Yves Klein. Now, we talked about him a lot in the in the, uh, the Blue episode, as I mentioned previously. Now, Yves Klein worked a lot with The Void. Now, The Void is kind of like this space. It's like nothingness, the immaterial space. I almost think like like most of the universe is made up of nothing, isn't it? You know, there's it's yeah. Made we up should of, plaster cast the whole universe. Yeah. Oh my before God, the yeah. apocalypse, yeah. dark matter, <laughs> dark energies. Yeah, and when the, the apocalypse comes, everything gets knocked down. We're left with the shape of it. Yeah, until someone comes down and locks that shape down or burns it down. Yeah, I know. so it's gone into nonsense, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Yves Klein, he started off with with uh the void but he he said himself you know having rejected nothingness i discovered the void the meaning of the immaterial pictorial zones extracted from the depth of the void which by that time was of a very material order so he basically said the act of creation and art is is almost like out there in the universe in the same way that i think like keith richard's when he says, you know, he tunes into the music, when he writes music, it kind of tunes into a radio frequency and the music's already there. Yeah. And it's like when Michelangelo said, I liberate the statue from the marble, it's always there. It's not that I create it, it's that I liberate it from. So it's almost like this idea that art exists even when you haven't produced it's kind of like this. It's very Zen, I think. It's, he's very kind of Buddhist in his ideas. Yeah. Well, say Buddhist. I mean, I'm making, you know, obviously it's not exact, but it's kind of got that kind of idea of oneness and Zen. And the idea of, you know, that it's actually as substantial as actually something being there. Yeah. So I, you know, if you look at, if you look at like atoms, it's yeah. mostly air, isn't it? We're mostly made up of nothing there's there's just dark energy and dark matter yeah but i could maybe i could liberate the sculpture from your body marcus <laughs> oh no you're still going back to our previous scream episode <laughs> yeah, the screaming scream. skull <laughs> 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 yeah so the first piece you've climbed is and i will come back to why how this relates to getting rid of money or value yeah um First thing he did was called Levide the Void, and it came out in 1958. Basically, it exhibited invisible works at a gallery, and he had official security there. Invisible works. Yeah, so so he had like no, he had like works with nothing in them. So yeah. he just displayed these in, invisible works, and people could buy them. and They get a receipt saying they've purchased it because it's like it. God, the man's a genius. <laughs> <laughs> 1958. It, it took a lot of work to come up with that idea, though. Yeah. So, he's, you know, that's invested in the time it takes. It's, but it reminds me of that time with Picasso when he said, um, you know, if someone came up to him, I think I've talked about this previously, someone talked to him and he did a drawing and the guy said, can you do me a drawing? And Picasso said, yeah, and he drew it and it took him about two minutes. And he said, that'll be, you know, £3,000. 
whatever, something like that. And uh, the guy said, but it only took you three minutes. He said, yeah, but it took me a lifetime to uh, be able to draw that in three minutes. So you've clients probably gone one further and just said, well, it took me a lifetime to come up with that idea and I'm selling it to you. Yeah. So he continued with this idea in 19, from 1959 to 1962. He had an idea called the thing called Zone de Sensibilité Immateriel. I hope I pronounced that correctly, which is zone of immaterial pictorial sensibility. So between uh, 1959 and 1962, he was selling eight zones of immateriality. So these zones were just a space, a space within the universe that you could buy. Within yeah, his from world. him? Yeah. So you could buy it. Is he like the master of the universe, this guy? <laughs> <laughs> He's He-Man. <laughs> oh, He-Man. Who was his nemesis? Skeletor. Skeletor, yeah. That's Edward Monk, Edvard Monk. Yeah, there was another one I used to watch, which was, what was it called? G-Force, and they're their evil thing. It wasn't Skeletor, it was Mumra. And he had really dodgy bandages. He was like a mummy. Yeah. But his bandages, he never, he was super powerful, but he never sorted out his bandages that used to like flail behind him. Oh, right. Yeah. It was a look. Yeah. It was a yeah. look. He went for a look rather than, I would have thought like, you know, if you're that powerful, you'd sort your bandages out. Because anyone yeah. could grab onto him in a fight and unravel him. Yeah. He needs to get his, his own personal nurse to yeah. attend to him. <laughs> Mum, I'm in care. So cleverly, He's given, you know, if you're an art purchaser, you can come see him. He gives you two buying options because, oh. you, you know, you, you, want, you want a bit of ups. You can do an up. He does a he's master the upsell. Yeah. Right. So the first option is the buyer pays a uh, client a sum of gold, which they decide on. And the buyer gets, to, gets a receipt. However, they do not acquire the authentic immaterial value. So they don't require this space that he's selling them. They, they're just merely custodians of it. So you, 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 you're the, the controller of it. You're for the, you know, you're, you control this, but you don't own it. So that's, that's deal one you can get. I'm assuming yeah. that's a bit cheaper. Or the other one is the second option is what happens is you actually purchase it. And then what he'll do is put, so you purchase it for, for gold. He'll take the gold in a ceremony and he'll go down to the River Seine, which is in Paris. And he'll chuck half the gold in the river and you burn your receipt. But then if you burn your receipt, you own it. And so when, at what point did it become a cult? Well, he never became a cult. He never became <laughs> like the KLF. So, <laughs> so the thing is, is that, so it's, it's almost like the interesting thing here is it's obviously got rid of this gold. So I'm assuming there's gold in this river saying, I bet someone's already gone to look for that. You, you know it. Is that the official modern art rubbish line? Yeah, I'm going to make... Um, yeah, it's, not, <laughs> yeah. it's, not, it's not controversial to guess that. Um, but what what was amazing is, is it's interesting. So you think, so you'd get a receipt. Now, someone actually didn't burn their receipt, so they kept hold of it. Now, Yves Klein's long since dead, but obviously he's internationally exhibited. And this receipt has been exhibited in major galleries around the world. And it's sold at auction uh, previously for $1.2 million. All right, okay. So it's kind of like 
the the value is not quite as good now. It's kind of like lost a bit of its. Yeah. Because I don't know if you buy the void. I don't think he would let you. No, but this is just the receipt. Yeah, but. So yeah. this the the person who owns the receipt still owns the void, I presume. Well, that's what I don't think. So I don't know because it was purchased for gold. You're supposed to burn it, but this guy thinks. Yeah, thought, what is the void? Is it just some imaginary space? Well, it's a sp- outer space. Yeah, it's it's a space. <laughs> of, it's a space where art and spirituality live. You know, it's kind of like. Yeah, I, but it's not. You can't actually see it or touch it. It's everywhere. You can move it. through it. I don't know if there's a specific. Sp- point and uh, and uh, sort of like gps you can Does get anyone not try and sue the guy for trying to sell the air that we breathe or whatever he's doing well there's did he not have any um detractors at the prob- time he probably did because he was the same guy who put his poo in a can and then sold it all right so he was mentally unwell no no you can't make those decisions this is this is not official modern artist rubbish policy to use language or assessments no sorry these are non-medical assessments non-medical works (laughs) so but the thing is is you laugh about this but what is an nft an nft is you you get a token and it says you own an art piece that's somewhere in the digital space that any that that doesn't exist other than digitally. So so the receipt is like it's like a precursor to an NFT. Absolutely. Yeah. So he's done NFTs before anyone else did. And NFTs, although their value is going right down at the moment, um, anyone who owns an NFT is pretty much the same. But the thing is, with an NFT, you don't even get a piece of paper. Yeah. So that's kind of like what's interesting is in terms of that, in terms of history and art, that is the precursor to that. He's already thought about that idea. Yeah, so has anyone else tried to follow on from that work and do something similar? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Our mate Chris Burden. Now a short advertisement break. Tom, Tom, what are you doing? Ha ha! I'm burning all these high definition turn art prints because this will make those f***ers think about materiality of stuff! Oh, you oh, idiot, Tom! Everybody knows you can just go to Modern Art is Rubbish, sign up to the mailing list and print off as many turn art prints as you want! Oh, So just head over to modernartisrubbish.com and subscribe to our email list to get your free artwork and to be updated on the latest Modern Art is Rubbish news. Right, so in now Chris Burden, as we talked about, the guy who got shot. Also not mentally unwell. (laughs) Well, all he did was he made adverts of him climbing across broken glass or him getting nailed to the top of a uh, bonnet of a his Volkswagen car, like crucified. Yeah. Very interesting guy. We do a special about him as well, so more links to put up on the website. Um, anyway, in 1974, at a Green Street gallery in New York, he asked his friend, uh, Tom Marioni, I don't know who Tom Marioni is, he's famous for being the friend of Chris Burden. He's yeah. probably famous in his own right, but I don't know what he's done. Yeah. Right. So he asked him to burn $100 worth of bills and mail him the ashes in an envelope. 
and then he opened the envelope and camera and showed the ashes to the audience. There you go. Yeah. So revealed it. I don't know why I said camera. I don't know if he did that, but but he basically showed. It. And you know, he wanted to test his friendship with Marioni and make a statement about money and art. So if you give me hundred quid and I burn it, yeah, go it's art. How would you feel? Well, if I gave you a hundred quid, and then I went, I burn it. Went, look, it's art, Tom. Um, uh, yeah, I guess I'm up for that. I suppose yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would be very original, though. Yeah. So it was interesting the idea, apparently, of destroying something that has value, and the idea of making art out of something that's not art, which is not really, you know, making something out of art that's not art. But then that's very, very like Duchamp. Very much like Duchamp or yeah, but you, Elsa von you related it to Eve Klein as well. Yes. Yeah. Because again, it's the disposal of money. Eve Klein also did performances, you know, where he did famously did performances, monotone performances, where an, uh, an orchestra would play one note, and he's also burnt money during that in some of his performances as well. I'd like to see him try and see him burn that one note. <laughs> it's a B flat I think mostly can you give us a B flat so just for to accent it yeah nice yeah. nice and flat can you give us a B flat chord let's give it harmony nice nice <laughs> nice and positive that's Chris Burden doing it yeah, someone else done it as well. Well, defacing, we thought no show would be famous without having a... No show would be famous? What the hell does that mean, no show would be famous? Are you talking about Banksy? Of course we're talking about Banksy. Now, Banksy famously took... He, he, he actually named himself after economics and money, didn't he, by calling himself Banksy? Oh, yeah, it's Bank, isn't it? The bank yeah, of, it's kind of the like... Bank of Banksy. He's a permanent comment on money, isn't he? Yeah, he's all, is that it, mate? Do you know what? I never thought about that, but it's got to be, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, he, his name's not like Rob Banks, is it? Yeah, unless it's... We, we like, we, what was the name we were guessing he was called? Oh, God. A few episodes remember, yeah. back. Rob something, wasn't it? Or Rob, was it Rob Or something? Richard something. Was it Richard? It was one of the R's. One of the, one R's, of the R's, yeah. Razor. I just made that name up. Um, so he, re- he redesigned a tenner, uh, ten pounds, uh, in two thousand and four, and he created pieces that he called a die-faced tenner instead of defaced. He called it die-faced because he drew Lady Die on the tenner, or he printed Lady Die. I can't imagine he drew, spent all the time just drawing yeah. Lady Die over and over and over and over again on the tenner. Well, she uh, at some point she was the future Queen of England, wasn't she? Yeah. Yeah, well, she would be queen now had uh, she not got divorced and then got killed in a car crash. Yeah, but would she have been on, as queen consort, would she have been on money? Well, she might have ended up on money, who knows? Yeah, who knows, yeah. Who knows, yeah. So, of course, because he, they went into circulation, he destroyed their value as legal tender. So we're back to that idea of destroying money. Oh, right, yeah. Although I, I'd be interested to know... The value of because if you've got a uh, fifty quid from the K Foundation's burnt, which I bet someone has got something from that, is that the same? Would could you flog that the same way you can flog a lady die tenner? Because they're worth more than a tenner now, obviously. All right, yeah, um, yeah, and would the receipt for the lady die tenner be worth anything? Yeah, no, probably not. 
The only time a receipt's worth anything is if it's a receipt for something that doesn't exist. Yeah, NFTs. <laughs> it seems to be that way. Well, it is because there's again, you've you've we talked about previously about um, Damien Hurst. Yeah, he had a receipt. He created a receipt for a work that was not that allowed someone to recreate his spot painting, and it be a Damien Hurst. So the receipt has that. There's also. Um, yeah, so there's another artist, Frank Stella, who, um, he was one of the early pioneers of that. He didn't always recreate his works, but what he did was he gave a, a set of instructions and and you owned the rights. You bought the instructions, you owned the rights to recreate that piece wherever it, you could. So galleries have it on their wall, but what they do is they actually own the certificate and the right to recreate that work and call it by Frank Stella, call it a work by him. You know, it makes sense because there's a lot of artists that produce work anyway. Um, you know, they get assistance to paint it and then they just sign it. Yeah, and they also, like with Edvard Munch yeah. in our previous episode, yeah. you, you make the same work over and over yeah, again. Yeah, you print it. Different. And you get someone to print it, they're creating the work. You're not creating the work, but you're giving them the license to say, use that pro plate. So the idea, the notion is not as as crazy as it sounds initially so ends our podcast for this week Tom any thoughts on burning stuff or disposing of yeah. gold well it would be good to be able to burn the void burn the void <laughs> yeah <laughs> but what would you give as a certificate? Gold, um, a substantial bit of gold. Yeah, well, I'd have to be paid the gold to to burn the void. Yeah, and then like you give them half the gold back. Oh, this is really getting confusing. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, don't think it I think you've climbed put a lot more thought in it than I did. <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah. So, Tom, where can people find out more about modern art is rubbish? Um, we are the third planet from the sun. Yeah. <laughs> on the right, <laughs> down the bottom of the garden. Uh, exactly. <laughs> uh, com. iTunes and Spotify are good. If you can give us a review, that's brilliant. A little yeah. bit of a review. Um, we've got Patreon, but you can get all the links on our webpage, com. And please don't forget to subscribe to the email list and it's just good buys goodbye that's a burning goodbye do you see goodbye, <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> goodbye.